Hello and welcome to GBM Media Podcast from Grace Baptist Mission. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching or discipling others, perhaps one-to-one or in a small setting, whatever the age group, Serving Today will be helpful to a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. I'm Andrew Cook and I'm glad to have your company. More on the spirit world with Graham Jones. And some divine diplomacy in the series A Pastor Talks. Here on Serving Today we're doing some studies on the spirit world. And to introduce the subject we're going to focus on this time... Here's Graham Jones. Nowadays we hear a lot about deliverance and breakthrough ministries. Much is made in in some groups about the spirit possessing people or oppressing people. And so today we want to think, what does the Bible teach about that kind of topic? What happened when Jesus met people possessed by evil spirits? During Jesus' ministry, he did cast out demons. But it's important to see that this was not the main focus of his ministry. Jesus came to be the saviour from sin. He said this in Mark chapter 10 verse 45. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus died to bring us back to God, to release us from sin's penalty. After Jesus had healed many people and cast out demons, he said in Mark chapter 1, verse 38, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Jesus came to be the Saviour. Jesus came to teach God's word. It was part of his ministry. Yes, Jesus did cast out demons and unclean spirits. When he did so, He said he was releasing people from Satan's oppression. Jesus expelled unclean spirits or demons with a word. In Matthew chapter 8 verse 16 we read this. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to Jesus, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Jesus commanded the evil spirits to leave a person. He had authority over evil spirits. This amazed those who saw it. In Mark chapter 1 verse 27 it says, The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. Jesus' enemies knew that he expelled demons. The Pharisees said Jesus did this by the power of Satan or Beelzebub not by the power of God. But Jesus said he drove out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus cast out a demon, it was an assault on Satan's kingdom. Jesus in Matthew chapter 12 verse 29 describes himself as the stronger one tying up a strong man, which is Satan, and plundering Satan's house. Is there an example of this in the Gospels? Yes, we have an example of Jesus plundering Satan's house in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 to 20. We read there of a man called Legion, 
who was possessed by a demon or unclean spirit. And Mark records that Jesus and his disciples, they crossed the Lake of Galilee to the region of the Gerasenes. They were then met by this man. The unclean spirit had driven the man out of the village to live in the tombs. He was separate from others. Sometimes in Africa, demon-possessed people leave their village and live outside in the untamed bush. And we see the man's behaviour was not normal. He lived in the tombs. He cried out and was naked. He cut himself. Often an unclean spirit will harm the person, as Satan seeks to destroy all that God has made. The evil spirit made the man very strong, and so people were afraid of him. But we also see that the unclean spirit knew who Jesus was, the Son of the Most High God. And so the spirit was hostile to Jesus. The spirit feared Jesus. And so Jesus sent the demon into a herd of pigs, who then drowned themselves in the lake. The people from the village came out to Jesus. In Mark chapter 5, verse 15, we read, They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. When the unclean spirit left the man, the man was a changed person. He is seated, not agitated. He is calm, he is at peace. He is with Jesus and the other disciples. He's now clothed, it says. Maybe the disciples shared their clothing with him. And he is in his right mind and can come back into the social and religious life of the community. When Jesus was leaving the area, the man asked to accompany Jesus. But Jesus said in verses 19 and 20, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Jesus had rescued the man from Satan's kingdom. God had had mercy on him. He was now ready to witness to Jesus the Saviour. The man went back home, and there and in the ten towns of the area told everyone, how much Jesus had done for him. So what does this story teach us about Jesus and his kingdom? This story teaches three things. This story shows that Jesus came to rescue people from Satan's kingdom. Satan seeks to destroy God's work. The demon had taken over the man and was destroying his life. The demon had brought fear into the community. But Jesus came to defeat Satan and his evil spirits. He freed the man from Satan's power and he freed the community from fear. Secondly, this story shows us that Jesus is the king with God's authority. He is the king of God's kingdom. God's king, Jesus, is victorious over Satan's domain. And in the future, at his second coming in power and glory, Jesus will be seen to be the true king. We also learn from this story 
that when Jesus comes again and brings in the fullness of his kingdom, there will be no place for evil. Satan and his demons will be cast into hell forever. They will not be able to spoil the new heaven and the new earth. We're joined now here on Serving Today by Malcolm Ryan with some words of encouragement in the series A Pastor Talks. The Apostle Paul was in the habit of starting his letters by explaining that he'd been chosen and called by God. And it's interesting to note that in Acts 26, Paul recalls that in his Damascus road encounter, Christ doesn't tell him off for persecuting Christians, but instead commissions him. In verses 17 and 18, the Lord says, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Throughout the rest of Paul's life, the thought was always there that God had shown his undeserved grace to him. And as a result, Paul had become a missionary disciple. In 2 Corinthians 5, from verse 14 onwards, he writes, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them, and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Then the apostle adds, As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favour, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. Reading those eloquent words, you might say, Paul was so gifted, but I wouldn't be much good at telling others about Christ. Well, in reply to such a comment, Charles Spurgeon would say that when Andrew went to find his brother, he little imagined how eminent Simon would become. You may be very deficient in talent yourself, and yet you may be the means of drawing to Christ one who shall become eminent in grace and service. End quote. 
In other words, don't underestimate what the Holy Spirit can do through you. As for Paul, he pointed all sorts of people to Christ, Jews and Gentiles, slave and free, men and women, all bound together in Christ. As the Apostle says in Galatians 3 from verse 26, In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Here is the hope of the world, namely the promise of a new humanity, and you and I need to let our friends, relatives, co-workers and neighbours know. Still today the Christian needs to be a light in a dark place, and this means we must stand firmly for the truth, point others toward the sure hope of salvation in Christ, and display God's love in our lives. Thanks to Malcolm Ryan. Well, that brings this edition of Serving Today to a close. So, this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God, by his grace, be pleased to use us for his glory. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Or email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk. Until next time, goodbye.